Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Monica Agbe of Milton, Ontario. Monica will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at LawAndOrderPodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoy and Henry Lavoy, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspire their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 10, Episode 6, Babes. So four teenage girls make a pact to get pregnant and then just laugh about it. It sounded like Fidelia was laughing when Liv got done with her. I may have dropped the hammer a little too hard. Joining me to do just that is true crime author, the host of Crime Writers On, Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcast, and a babe herself, <laughs> Rebecca Lavoy. Hello, Rebecca. Well, Kevin, I did make a pact to be here, so here I am. Thank you for having me. And that will become clear later. <laughs> Rounding out our panel is our special guest, the former editor of Crime Writers On. These are their stories and the Obsessed with Disappeared podcasts. It's Tech Guy and our favorite stepson. <laughs> Say son. Son. Yes. Well, my favorite stepson. The most handsome. The most handsome. Yes. Henry Lavoy. Hello, Henry. I'll take favorite. <laughs> it's because your brother doesn't know how to download a podcast. I can get away with that. Henry, you have learned much about Law & Order, I believe, being exposed to hours and hours of commentary, have you? Yeah, I mean, I kind of watch it um, like uh, like mom watches HGTV. Um, you know, <laughs> since I moved out of the house, I don't think I've watched it at all until I had to prep for what? this episode. Yeah, because I, I don't have cable here, so I'm not gonna you know open Ooh. up Hulu and watch an episode of SVU casually. I'm not. I'm not a weirdo. You're not an animal. My God, <laughs> I I suddenly have no faith in the next generation. No, I don't either. I feel like. Dick Wolf should be terribly distressed to hear this. The good news is your actual child, Lily, your stepdaughter, who's now made two appearances on the show, we know, is a completist and is opening Hulu yeah. to watch SVU. Henry, you are, in fact, an animal. Yeah, no shame to anybody who does it, but that's that's not my personal relationship with SVU. <laughs> <laughs> is it like one of those things where... Your relationship with SVU and Law and Order is basically based on my relationship because you walked through so many rooms when it was just on in the background. Oh, a hundred percent. I be I feel like I've watched fifty percent of like the majority of SVU episodes at this point. Like, there's very few episodes I've actually seen front to back. Also, we should say it's the only show SVU, not Law and Order, that our whole family 
we'll sit down and watch together as if it's like an event. Like like when we were kids we used to watch like Little House in the Prairie or whatever. Yeah. Or iCarly. Like this SVU is, yeah. is our Little House in the Prairie, which is really fucking weird if you think that about it. That is really fucking weird. <laughs> Henry Lavoie of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective team. This might come as a shock, kind of a hot take. Um, I think Elliot and anybody else is my number one. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Like what? Elliot and Danny or... Elliot and Benson, Elliot and whoever, yeah. Um, oh yeah. my god! <laughs> I think he's just trying to be a dick right now. Are you are you trolling your mom by going all Elliot? No, I'm not kidding. I mean, like he's a terrible guy in the show. I mean, like don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I think consistently, for me at least, I find him the funniest. Um, you know, getting his um, hot takes on abortion, like we saw this episode. Um, his strong dad sense, great forehead, top three Law and Order forehead. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love Elliot. Top three, who are the other two? <laughs> well, I'd probably go with uh, Adam Schiff and uh, Ed Green. Cragen. Cragen's got Cragen's good forehead, forehead goes all the way to the back. He's got a lot of forehead, yeah. <laughs> and Henry, who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. I'm a sucker for Barba. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he seems like he's the only character in the franchise who's like aware of the soapiness of the show. You know, he's, you know, um, <laughs> plays into it. Yeah, I'm a big Barbara fan. Also very competent. 100% agree. Yeah. Right. He's, so he's kind of like like uh, Deadpool where he's almost kind of like playing to the camera like, <laughs> can you believe this? Another rape? It's totally. nice for you, though. <laughs> you knew what you were signing up for, guys. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the first half of this episode, SVU Season 10, Episode 6, Babes. Well, don't you hate it when you're on a date and the waiter wants to usher you out and you're interrupted by a running man set completely on fire? <laughs> Stabler and Munch learn that the victim had his dick snipped before he was immolated. Puncture wounds match the scalpel you found, more than a dozen deep ones to his groin, abdomen, and thighs. Sloppy attack, emotional. Exactly. The excised genitals show the same kind of ragged hacking. Are we done yet? If it's any consolation, you're probably feeling more pain than he did. Talk screen for alcohol and crack was off the chart. Small mercies, toasted, then roasted. Through the miracle of this week's science project from Warner, they matched the victim's fingerprints to Josh Galley. His father says Josh was mentally ill, living on the street, but had been doing better as of late. Finn pulls up a website where someone is posting videos of themselves beating up homeless people. Using a stark raving mad munch as bait... They capture the vigilantes who say they're just getting justice for their dad that the police wouldn't provide. But timestamps on their cell phone pictures give them a solid alibi. The first clue comes from the murder weapon, a big long-handled lighter with the engraved initials of a Catholic high school. Super goody two-shoes and president of the chastity circle, Max, escorts the detectives to Alec Bernardi, whose hand was burned in the attack. He confesses to castrating and setting fire to Josh because the homeless man raped his little sister. But Benson finds out that no, it wasn't rape. Tina wanted to get pregnant by Josh. Why? Because all her friends have a pact to get knocked up together. Yeah! The pact was the idea of already preggers and super bitchy even before the hormones, Adelia <laughs> Vidal. The baby daddy is... Not celibate boyfriend, Max. It's a lovely young man named Dizzer 
who sets cultural <laughs> appropriation back 20 years. <laughs> Greylock wants him for statutory rape, so Elliot and Finn return to the Vidal home to bring Fidelia in for a paternity test. When she won't come out of her bedroom, they break the door down only to find the pregnant mom has hanged herself. Well, it seemed like both diners and the waiters were absolutely fine with a guy on fire running down the street, so long as he's not headed their way. <laughs> Ready for the check? Actually, we're thinking about dessert and something exciting. Flambe, maybe? Folks, the only thing here that's flaming is the maitre d', and he left an hour ago. Time to call it a night. <laughs> as long as he doesn't want, like, an aperitif, something yeah. after dinner... I have never seen New York waiters. I mean, did they get the sense that these guys weren't going to tip? Because they, like, were really fucking psyched to get that couple out of their restaurant. They just want to go home, Henry, right? Yeah, I mean, is it just me or was that, like, a very joke-ridden cold open in general? Like, the one-liners, one after the other. What do you bet he stiffs us harder than he stiffs her? I don't think I've ever seen an episode like that. Just to order the flambe. Yes. Right as somebody... (laughs) It, It was almost like actors... Who, who are actually waiters in New York, got cast as waiters who are actually actors on a Law & Order SVU episode, and they were just like they would be if like they were actually actors oh. who were waiters in the New York you know, that's not You know, I know that's not true is because it was shot at night. If they were actors, they'd be at the theater, oh. right? So that's why they, sh- you know, all the Broadway actors are in the day uh, shooting because hmm. they got to get to Hamilton that night. Uh, so in order to draw out a pair of suspects who are beating up homeless people, uh, I think they call them the street sweepers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they let Munch be Munch. The CIA! Rainwaves! I gotta say the man does crazy good. Good. Same old crap he says every day, only louder. Sweet wisdom from Finn. Uh, he gets to roam the street yelling his conspiracy theories at the top of his lungs. By the way, anyone check on Richard Belzer these days? <laughs> is, he, is he okay? Uh, he's yelling crazy pretty much. Oh, the only thing different is that uh, his hair is styled differently. And his shirt mm-hmm. is dirty. And his shirt is dirty. He's and not wearing black. Yes. <laughs> we saw his eyes for the first time, too. The tints came off, finally. Yeah, there's like a person underneath that yeah. hard candy shell. The, the geotag on like those videos show they happen all over New York, right? Mm-hmm. But the guys happen to pick the right neighborhood on the right night to catch their criminals. So they didn't happen all over New York. I mean, they did. Yeah. But they happened in perfectly symmetrical dots, like all over New York. Like it was basically like somebody like put a thing of Manhattan up mm-hmm. and then was like, let's put evenly spaced dots all over it. The forensics in this episode are incredible. Between Warner shooting water into a dead guy's thumb, uh, the dot map of crimes overlaid with, I don't know, like a connect the dots puzzle. Like the forensics in this were incredible. Or bullshit. I mean, either one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually leaning towards bullshit. Listen, incredible means bullshit on this podcast. We know that. I think they like keep watching CBS and like they're not gonna out CSI us. <laughs> Give me that wrinkled dead thumb. Well, can I ask a question about the wrinkled dead thumb? Yeah. Are we supposed to believe they walked in and Warner was like, "This is how I got the fingerprint. Let me show you." Right. Mm. The problem with fire damaged tissue is loss of bodily fluids. Rehydration restores the natural contours. Now, we hope our victim has a record. 
So she once again inflates the no, guys. No, she hadn't done it before. They were seeing it for the first time. Yeah, so it was like she knew how to do it, but then she showed them how to do it, and then she put the thing in the fingernail, fingerprint thing. Like less than four seconds, the identity of this person came up. Henry, were you buying that? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, like, I had seen an episode fairly recently where they found someone's fingerprint on a, uh, like, 64-bit video surveillance camera. So, I mean, like, the kind of guardrails for plausibility, whether this stuff is real, um, you know, it's already pretty far out with Law & Order. But, you know, <laughs> put some Kool-Aid in the, you know, burnt thumb and, you know, get the match in a few seconds. I'll take it. could do worse. <laughs> So I guess if no one in New York is phased by a guy on fire, then two people in ski masks with baseball bats don't even register? Nope. They're just walking around New York? No. And- nope. Uh. Next question. Next question. Okay. <laughs> this is a real thing, though, now. You know that app Citizen is the vigilante app. They're paying people to like go after uh, like um, people based on police surveillance footage. I mean, like really? this is like a real thing, yeah. Why can't there be an app to go after incels? Why does it always have to be an app going after like probably Homeless fine people. people? Yeah, yeah. It's because the incels are the programmers. Yeah, probably. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, they turned their attention to Blessed Heart High School because the lighter used in the attack had engraved on it property of bhhs <laughs> who the hell takes the time to engrave anything on a four dollar candle lighter the goddamn catholics obviously yeah. <laughs> is theft so big a problem at that catholic high school everything needs to be branded listen i think the catholic high school is pretty loose you know how i know how because when two murder cops show up they let a kid Walk them around the high school to talk to all their witnesses. Does everyone have access to it? Uh, during class. Otherwise, just our chem teacher, Sister Elizabeth, and one of the seniors, Alec Bernardi. He cleans up, makes sure all the equipment is accounted for. He gets an extra credit for it, sort of like I do for being student escort. When he go to that, he went to that high school, and Max showed him the Chastity Circle Club. I think he's, he started thinking, I wonder if Maureen could go here. <laughs> <laughs> and Kathleen. Yeah, I could say And a, Dickie. All my kids could come here, yeah. Do you guys have any enrollment opens in this high school? <laughs> that is one thing, by the way. Um, I love Max. I think he's he's an excellent character in this episode. Um, the fact that he introduces himself as a virgin, like, he leads with that. Like, that's not even, like, a detail that we get, like, you know... 20 minutes deep into the episode. Hi, I'm Max. I'm an A student. Still have my cherry. Nice to meet you. I have a question, Henry. As a a 20-year-old man, what kind of balls does it take to lead with, by the way, I'm also a virgin? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not only a member of (laughs) the Chastity Club, I'm also the president. Yeah, vice president, virgin club. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's not lost on me that you guys picked this episode for me. I don't know what kind of subtle dig this is, but. <laughs> when at my Catholic high school, we didn't have like personalized pencils. Hmm. You're like, oh no, we're going to take this lighter, this $4 lighter that we got at the bodega, and we're going to have someone engrave. How many letters is that? I mean, you need the extra long handle, but property of... So it wasn't done with like a label maker. It was an actual... No, they actually engraved the thing because it had to survive the fire. I always think about the props person who has to do that. That's the thing I always think about. Imagine being, Henry, like this is your job out of college or like an assistant props person on SVU and they're like, okay, so your job today is to take this aim of flame. Yeah. (laughs) 
Find something that engraved plastic. <laughs> Look, maybe this isn't like the first, you know, chemistry lighter murder that's gone down at this Catholic high school. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they learned, they've learned from their mistakes, clearly. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times, Sister Bedelia. What? You have to engrave those lighters, otherwise the boils will be setting fire to all of the girls' skirts again. All right, let's think about the forensics of this, okay? Yeah. So they are engraving the lighters for what purpose? So that oh, if no. someone steals the lighter, they can later trace it back to the school. But I someone, gotcha. I gotcha, Tommy. But someone who's stealing the lighter is not going to be using it anywhere near that fucking school. They're going to be, like, smoking pot in there, like roof of their uh little italy tenement right (laughs) how is that lighter gonna make it back to the school well it did in this episode so i mean like (laughs) the whole premise of what you're you're arguing makes like (laughs) you're right you're 100 proof in the pudding is eating it yeah so (laughs) let's look at our cast we have some repeat offenders repeat offender we have John Collum from Northern Exposure as Judge Mordock. Counselor, control your client. David Thornton, a.k.a. Mr. Cindy Lopper, returns as Attorney Lionel Granger. I'm sorry, Your Honor, but Miss Berardi needs to be at home. Ray Abruzio, who was Raymundo in the Everybody Loves Raymundo's episode, plays the dad, Mr. Vidal. Hmm. Are you charging my daughter with something, Detective? Because I don't like your tone. Catherine Naducci who cut off her husband's dick and hit Logan with a frying pan in mayhem. Uh, she is the mom, Mrs. Vidal. Someone made my baby kill herself. But now let's talk about her Hey, It's That Guy. Hey, it's that guy. Who is the actor playing Tom Golly, the father of the murder victim? I took him to every doctor appointment. Watched him try one pill after another. When none of those worked, he started getting high. I don't know his name, but I know where he's from. Is it Rudy? Rudy? He <laughs> <laughs> could have totally it been It could have been Rudy, right? But that is actually Emmy Award winner Michael Betaluco, famous for playing Jimmy on... The Practice. ABC's The Practice. He's played such horrible characters as Babyface Nelson in Oh Brother, Where Out Thou, and David Berkowitz in Spike Lee's Summer of Sam. What? <laughs> yeah, he looks like both of them, don't you think? Oh my God, he was David Berkowitz? Was, I can see it. I can actually see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his father was a Sicilian immigrant who worked as a carpenter on movie sets. And during the filming of Henry Fonda's Failsafe, they needed a photo of a little boy. So he got the job because of his parent. And that's what you call pulling a Henry Lavoie. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Uh, Michael does a lot of charitable work, including stuff for the Jimmy Fund, Habitat for Humanity, and the Little Sisters of the Poor. And he is a proud member of the Italian-American Marching Club of New Orleans. So this was a very on-brand casting thing? Is that what you're saying? I guess so. I'm thinking about the Italian-American Marching Club of New Orleans. No offense to my in-laws, Rebecca. Yes? But if I'm in New Orleans, I don't want to go out like you, in a funeral parade with the Italian-American marching club. I want a bunch of sad black musicians in a brass band with parasols <laughs> who understand the blues. Not a bunch of Italian guys who are like, come on, I got the accordion. It just doesn't... I'm playing the theme from The Godfather. Exactly. That's not what you're looking for. I'm not what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. It's probably right. Now on to our Hey, It's That Girl. Hey, it's that girl. Who is playing wannabe Gilf? Peggy Bernardi. Please, can I do this one? Please, please, please. Of course, Rebecca. It's one of my all-time favorite actresses who I cannot believe is more famous than she is, Debbie Mazar, who is amazing, and we know her, of course, 
from Goodfellas, most of all, but she's been in tons of stuff. Who's in charge here? Can I help you? You got my boy. I want to see him. What's his name? What's your name? The actual name is uh, Debbie Mizar. It's Mizar, but she okay. but she's goes. It's been mispronounced, and she goes along with uh, it. Sorry, Debbie. You would have I'm known sure that. she's listening. Sorry, she's Debbie. Listening. <laughs> she was on LA Law, Little Man Tate, Entourage. Uh, she was Madonna's makeup artist, and then one of her backup dancers. Really? Yeah, she was in the video for Papa Don't Preach, so she ought to know a thing or two about being in trouble deep. <laughs> Uh, she and her Italian-born husband, Steve, have a show on the cooking channel called Extra Virgin. <laughs> it's, uh, it's five seasons of them in their shitty kitchen with the lime green subway tile, while Gabrielle stumbles his way through English and Debbie tries to not cut off her finger. Nice. That sounds good. That's, that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> like Extra Virgin might also be the subtitle for this episode of SVU. <laughs> Yeah. Same. Speaking of extra virgin, can you name Max, the president of the high school chastity club? My girlfriend and I both belong. Uh, we've made a commitment to sexual abstinence. Beats me. He could be from like 90210 or something. I have no idea. Close but not close. That's Jesse McCartney, who played J.R. Jr. on All My Children, J.R. Chandler. He took over the role from Jacob Young, or maybe did before Jacob Young, but he is a soap kid. Full on, full on, and you know it because he's actually a really fucking good actor who just happens to be in this part on SVU. <laughs> That's right, Jesse McCartney, son of who? Scott and Ginger McCartney. Sorry, who are they? They're not Paul McCartney at all. <laughs> They're not anywhere near that that kind of family. Bait and switch. Yeah. So uh, after J.R. Chandler uh, Henry, he joined the boy band Dream Street, hmm. and then went solo. By the way, going solo is also what you do in Chastity Club. Um, <laughs> his fifth album dropped this week. It includes the single Kiss the World Goodbye. So he's still making music. Kiss Rebecca just did the Kiss the World Goodbye. I feel like he's not feeling great about the Delta variant. <laughs> Kiss the World Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so some of his other big roles, he did the voice of Theodore in the reboots of Alvin and the Chipmunks. We're calling that a big role? That's a big, okay. well, that's <laughs> a huge role. Yeah, uh, you will have just seen him or not as the turtle in the Masked Singer. Okay. Yeah, no, you're not impressed at all. I see. Wait, so the Masked Singer is a thing where that people have to guess who's behind the mask. Yep, they come out wearing a big suit, and who's then... gonna guess this random guy who was in All My Children to be behind a mask? Jesse fared better that season than Bow Wow. Bow Wow was the frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Michaels was the banana mm. and rob gronkowski was the white tiger <laughs> so he beat all of them he was runner-up to the night angel who is candy burris aka candy from xscape another losing mask singer that season was sarah palin okay she came on stage dressed as a bear and her husband immediately shot her from a helicopter <laughs> <laughs> You just made deep that up. Deep cut, right? Yeah, yeah really yeah, deep yeah. cut. Uh, can you flag the actress playing Tina? Who's Tina? Tina's the first pregnant mom. Josh didn't rape me. We had sex. It was, what do you call it, consensual? I'm doubling down. 90210. <laughs> <laughs> That's a young Britt Robertson. She'd later be one of the federal prosecutors in the ABC drama for the people. Right now she's on ABC's Big Sky. Uh, she's got Hollywood all figured out. Guess how old she was in this role. Uh, well, let's see. How old was she supposed to be as an actress, as, as a character? 14, 16? 15, 16, something like that. Was she 27? <laughs> she, was, she was 11. Oh, my God. Holy Usually shit. it's the other way, right? Yeah. 
She was just an eleven-year-old playing this part. Yeah, uh, if uh, if the birth date is correct, nineteen ninety. Henry, wow. I am very disappointed oh, in you know as what? my son. Wait yeah, a minute, no my kidding. math is wrong. She was twenty-one. That's <laughs> 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 right. Okay, so I'm not disappointed in you. This is season ten. Yet. Yeah. Okay. I'm not disappointed in you yet, All Henry. Right. You still have one more year to play at. 14-year-old on SVU. Yeah, Good luck to you, Get myself son. into a Catholic pregnancy pact, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, do you recognize the actress playing the court clerk? No. Docket ending 1488, People versus Peggy Bernardi. Are you talking, was there even a court clerk in this episode? <laughs> yeah, introduces the, you know. No. Docket number? The answer is no. All right, well, that is Erica Bradshaw, 20 Law & Order appearances. Her claim to fame is that she was one of seven couples who sued the state of New Jersey to get gay marriage. Good for her. That's right. Did they that won. Work? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, they won, and now her wife is her ex-wife. <laughs> so congratulations, you've achieved all of the benefits of marriage. Yes, gay marriage and gay divorce. Kids. Otherwise known as divorce. marriage and divorce. <laughs> so the mastermind of this pregnancy pack is a fucking wise-ass bitch named Fidelia, <laughs> who thinks... They're all going to grow up to be the youngest looking MILFs. Mm. Uh, so I guess they can catch even more dicks after that, right? <laughs> um, I feel like this is like not something you can express over podcasts, but the editing of the scene where they're talking, where they're introducing this whole pregnancy pact is so wild. A, there's they this jump w- back and forth. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're in school, Catholic school. If they kick us out, we'll get jobs. Our parents will totally help us, right, Dad? Or I'll go on welfare. What's the big deal that Vice President Lady's daughter is going to have a baby? Yeah, why can't we? They, you know, they take no time to, like, slow roll this or anything like that. Um, which, you know, to another point, there's, like, nobody who doesn't immediately confess to their crimes except for Virgin <laughs> Max in this <laughs> episode. Um, yeah, um, there's one shot in particular. I don't know if you guys caught this. The uh, really, like oddly placed like sensual butt belly rubbing when she's like yes. flaming olivia at that like I, I don't know what what it was about that how that was put together but she that was... had olivia's number I know. you have kids you're pretty old we're here to talk about you i bet you're jealous old chicks are totally jealous of me is that it did you wait too long tick tock Somehow, this like fifteen-year-old meanie was like, "What are you jealous because you want a kid of your own?" I'm like, "Oh shit, man! Yeah, what a bitch! <laughs> Way to dial into the zeitgeist of the whole <laughs> fucking show." <laughs> but for real, Olivia is jealous of her ovaries. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Olivia's like, "I want to be a milf. I may be old enough to be a gilf by the time I get to be a milf." But that's what I want to be. The fact that that's their like thing, though, is they want to be hot milfs. What a weird fucking aspiration that is. <laughs> Rebecca, you just tell your son Henry that you just have to achieve that milf status. <laughs> you just can't be born into it. That's right? right. That's right. Is that why you wanted to have him so that you could be a milf? Oh, uh, that's disgusting to say in front of my child, Kevin. What? Ew. <laughs> He's right there. He's right there. It's to be a gilf, Kevin, have... okay? This is a multi-generational <laughs> project. Oh, yes, that's right. Becoming a gilf is completely out of your hands, Rebecca. Uh, it's all in Henry's. So, is Sarah so be Palin, nice to him. Is Sarah Palin, who's referenced this episode, is she a gilf? Because she's like a great-grandmother now, right? I don't know. What does it sound like when she says it inside the bear costume? <laughs> 
So the, we we wait wait. Can yeah. we just stop for a second? So the kid's name is Fidelia Vidal. <laughs> Fidelia. Fidel. It's like Delia with a f in front Fidelia of it. Fidelia Vidal. Like fucking Delia. <laughs> <laughs> It does seem like the actors can't agree on a pronunciation, am I right? It's like Mr. Cristobal the, the other week, where I found Mr. a clip be- between the judge and Robinette and the defense attorney, they all take Cristobal, Cristobal, they all said it differently. Yeah, it's, it's I feel like Gore Vidal, it's like- vi- Fidelia. Vid- vid- yeah, whatever. Fidelia. But that's not the best name in this episode. We get to meet, and I'm doing the chef's kiss right now, Mwah. the father of Fidelia's baby. Dizzer. <laughs> Don Zuko. Yo, yo. Name's Dizzer. What up? As horrible as it is that this character is white and saying this, it would just be a different kind of bad if they made a black actor say these lines. We're actually looking for you to tell us about Fidelia Vidal. Who? The sweet little thing you tapped in Bensonhurst last summer. Son, you're going to have to be more specific, all right? Because my motto is wrecking decks and getting sex. You know what's up, don't you, my brother? First off, I think it's unfortunate because he could have doubled down on the little Italy, uh, you know, identity as Donnie Zuko, which I mean, in and of itself, like you got a lot of yeah. material to work with there. That's um, enough. Yeah. He could have been like a cannoli salesman. That's what people do in Little Italy is go buy cannolis. Yeah. But Donnie Zuko is not dropping rope on twins. <laughs> no. uh, like Dog DJ. Not wrecking decks. Yeah. And getting sad. Oh, that's yeah. the best. He has apparently one T-shirt because he keeps wearing it, <laughs> and it has his motto. I mean, he could have many copies of that one T-shirt too. He could open up his closet in the morning, and it could just be like dozens and dozens of that same T-shirt. It looks custom spray painted. Do any of you guys think this could have been Young Carisi, like in an alternate <laughs> universe? <laughs> <laughs> As all I kept thinking was like, if they wrote Carisi differently, like this could have been Young Carisi. Oh, maybe. for sure. I want to see that retcon. I think Dizzer has a lot of nieces. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> he's already got two babies of his own. Get in yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's wrecking decks and getting sick. But you know what wrecking decks means? Yes, it's like the wicka, wicka, wicka DJ right, shit, right? Yeah, it's a turntable. Right, right, right. So he's wrecking decks and getting sex. Yes, thank you. Spinning That's- tunes and getting poon. <laughs> <laughs> Playing songs and wrecking thongs. Oh, my God. Being a rapper and getting some snapper. Oh, my God. You spent time on this. How much time did you spend on this? Spinning the hits and fucking those tits. You could have been literally <laughs> taking out the trash and you spent time on that instead. Dropping the mic and nailing. Well, I'm not going to go. That's why I get paid the big bucks. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. All right, let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Mrs. Vidal says Fidelia had been getting harassing emails right before she hanged herself. We were both drinking it. I told Vidalia to go to her room and she took the laptop with her. Ms. Vidal, we need to see it. Where is it? Why didn't I go help her? 
I heard her crying and I all I did was pull myself another drink and the taunting messages look like they came from Dizzer's account, but they originated from an internet cafe. A nearby ATM camera captured Peggy Bernardi, mom of Alec and Tina. She admits to the detectives that, yeah, she sent those messages because Fidelia set in motion the events that got her daughter pregnant and her son charged with murder. And there's no state law against cyberbullying. But that doesn't stop a crowd of people from banging on her door to show her what's what. And she's arrested just before being torn limb to limb. Greylock, who has insisted on a jury trial for <laughs> a loose string of misdemeanors, uh, has Peggy on the stand for a battle of which of you basic bitches is the least likable. <laughs> it includes reading the emails out loud in court. Fidelia's last reply was that her father was at the door. Bettina yells out, you silly grown-ups. F-A-T-H doesn't stand for father. It stands for first and true husband. The Aww. thing you call your over-the-clothes boyfriend <laughs> in Chastity Club. <laughs> Max confesses to Benson and Stabler that he choked his deflowered girlfriend and made it look like a suicide. Max is sentenced to four years for Fidelia's death. Alec gets 15 to life for killing Josh. Charges against Peggy for the suicides are dropped, but not before she tries to strangle Greylock yeah. and gets rearrested. That leaves Tina with no family to help take care of her baby. That's when Josh's father, the kindly Mr. Golly, steps up to take in Tina and his grandchild. Hmm. Well, the threatening messages come from the email, Dizzer Forever. Yeah. But no, his account is actually Dizzer, Dizzer Dog, Dog DJ. DJ. <laughs> Being a DJ and catching the VJJ. How did the mom, yeah. what's her face, Peggy know about Dizzer at all? How did she know? Well, all the girls talk. It was like it I was, mean, she didn't know her daughter was pregnant, yeah. but apparently she knows the apparently name. Apparently, like Carlotta is really like spilling it all the time. Oh, right? so the other f- there were four girls. Carlotta is my favorite one. Carlotta. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so like Italian like Goodfellas names in this episode, except for Fidelia, which whatever the hell yeah. that is. Carlotta was my favorite. I don't know if you can pull a clip to represent Carlotta. Just no fine listeners. She is the best pregnant I don't know which teenager. one's Carlotta. She's the one with the face. <laughs> yeah, they all have a face, but okay. Yikes. That's helpful for a podcast. Yeah. Well, so many people are angry at Peggy that she gets doxxed when someone dropped a pin on Google Earth. Hmm. Somebody put the Bernardi's address on Google Earth. There's a crowd chasing her around Little Italy, calling her Monster Mom. Who is getting cyberbullying geolocation information from Google Earth? To Little Italy. I just want to say this again. Listen, I know Little Italy is a real place in New York. I've been there many, many times. Yeah. It is not known to be like, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I think like in the 50s, it was like a tight knit, like Italian community. My mom was Italian, grew up in Brooklyn, just talking about going to Little Italy. But now it's basically like a tourist spot. The Full I- of restaurants, restaurants and, and cannoli uh, shops, coffee shops. Furniture uh, salespeople. But like the idea you that- You can buy a lot of window glass there. The idea there's a little Italy neighborhood mob <laughs> <laughs> that would show him at Peggy's apartment. Get out of here, Bernardi! My daughter is dead because of her! Please, everyone, calm down. This is crazy! My boy. Well, I mean, all these people fill the hallways. They had to take time off from work. Yes. You know, they printed the directions off on Google Maps, obviously. <laughs> 
They get on the right train, they make the connection, they show up and they see the other people and then there is this the place? Am I in the right hallway? Yes. All right, bang on that door. <laughs> Where do these people come from? You know, I, I wanted to ask you guys this. I think you're actually too good people to answer this question. But I mean, what what's the more egregious stereotype in this episode? The angry Italian mob or the fucking virgin Catholics? I mean, like, <laughs> it is the battle of the ages oh. right here of like... And I throw Dizzer on that pile and I That's think right. it's, you got, yeah. Yeah. You got a great, uh, you got Triumphant. a great case for... For, for fuck, Mary kill. I think uh, <laughs> with, with those groups, Italian angry mob. Well, you're obviously going to fuck the Catholic because and appropriating they teenage yeah. DJ. I don't know. We're killing doesn't no matter what. I married right? an Italian. I would kill uh, the Dizzer. mob. You're you're yeah. you're totally marrying the mob. Yeah, I'm marrying the mob. <laughs> so Peggy's bail condition is that she has to stay off her computer, <sighs> and she says, "Hey, I cut auctions on eBay." Miss Bernardi. Who can't relate? <laughs> Who can't relate? She's like, how much for this engraved Bic lighter? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think she's auctioning off? I, I think she might be um, putting her shares for the uh, Rouse Tomato um, Dynasty <laughs> up for mm. bid. That's how she got her son out on bail. Some like uh, initial necklaces, some hair combs. I mean, I cannot stop thinking about. It. I mean, Debbie Mazar is that was Mazar? I was say Mazar. It's fine. Yeah, her yeah. hair is incredible. It's incredible. incredible blue eyes. Oh my god, says, yeah. she looks like a goddamn husky. Like she's incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's just going to be selling parts of her hair. Is that? <laughs> I've got eBay. I got eBay auctions. Got eBay Your auctions. Honor. I got stuff I bought from my grandkid that I'm selling on eBay. It's not the right size. I got to go to mailboxes, etc. Yana. <laughs> got to package them up. I didn't. I didn't factor in shipping when I set the bid. Your Honor. Uh, Kim Greylock. Gives older Americans a crash course in digital shorthand. OMFG. You're a dumb whore. How dumb do you think that baby will be? And OMFG means? Oh, my blanking God. STFU? Mm. Uh, I am ROTLF at this. Yes. Uh, I think, right, it's just Henry for old people who don't know how to work a phone. They're like, what is this? foreign language you're talking about so you know this is why i hate svu is because the law in svu is so boring like this like yeah. half of the law section of this episode is literally um you know this angry italian woman explaining you know what these internet acronyms mean if this was um you know traditional recipe law and order like there could have been some like great thing about you know the whole like internet regulation cyber bullying whatever first amendment blah 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 um but yeah svu it's just got to be you know the virgin who did it all along do we believe for a second that peggy wouldn't just say fuck on the stand we don't believe i don't believe it for a second that she was like it means shut the blank up no peggy my Peggy, a.k.a. Debbie Mazar, would mean it means shut the fuck up. Like, she would not. She's a fucking good person. She would never. Yeah. yeah. And she'd look at Greylock and be like, it means shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up, bitch, now. Yes. By the way, Greylock, how long was she on the show? Oh, she's, too long. She's the most forgettable attorney, DA person that's ever been on the show. And that includes the it people was, who were just on for one episode. Yeah, it was just one season. Remember they had that 
episode where uh, the guy's defense is that he's addicted to porn and she makes him stand up and get a boner, mm. you know, on the stand. Like, okay, great job, Greylock. <laughs> Way to go. I really wish they had let Peggy kill her. Just try and wash the blood off your hands before you hold Tina's baby for the first time, okay? You shut your freaking mouth. I'm freaking killing you. So I was actually cheering. She's like, oh, scene. just come on. I was cheering. It was it was way way more satisfying than watching Barbara get strangled with that. Yeah, uh, I will say, belt. Henry, that uh, Stabler and Finn did not rush over. <laughs> no, to, no, 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 to no. pull her off. They kind of like gave her a step or two. No, she clearly has it out for the grease balls. I mean, like this whole episode, she just couldn't help but like harass and harass this poor woman. So after Warner shows that she can get fingerprints from under third degree burns by using saline to blow up a fingertip like a balloon, she can't tell the difference between a hanging and a manual strangulation. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a whole like hyloid bone situation? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Warner. It was not your finest hour. I do believe that Tommy Galley, the uh, the dad, is a very sweet, loving man. He keeps like getting in the middle of the crowd saying, no, we shouldn't do this. We're neighbors. Don't fight. My lovely son. But you're really going to bring in this strange teenage girl to your house and say, <laughs> okay, kick up on the couch now. Peggy's kid? Peggy's kid. <laughs> a baby shouldn't be born surrounded by strangers. A baby needs a home, especially my grandchild. I'm so sorry about what my brother did. She almost like blew the whole thing by saying, I'm sorry my brother killed your son. It's like, uh, you know you're right, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> it's going to make Thanksgiving very awkward. I just kept thinking about like, so Henry was in high school, not yeah. too long ago, like two years ago or whatever. Imagine like he had some random friend who killed someone in our family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that And that kid's sister, I was like, you should just come live with us. I mean... <laughs> Is yeah. that something that you could imagine I would have done, Henry? Oh, uh, actually, yeah, I think so. I think that that's pretty much <laughs> yeah Probably. falls in line with yeah, it. All tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Start a podcast about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Rip from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. This episode takes cues from the real-life story of the so-called pregnancy pact at Gloucester High School. In the spring of 2008, the school nurse noticed a dramatic increase in the number of students coming in for free pregnancy tests. Over a four-week period, her office went through 150 tests, resulting in 18 positive results. Alarmed by the number of girls up the pole, the nurse requested <laughs> the school administration provide students more free contraception. But Principal Joseph Sullivan denied the request. He told Time magazine the girls had made a pact to all get pregnant at the same time and raise their babies together. Sullivan also claimed one of the girls was so desperate to get knocked up, she slept with a homeless man. 
The article raised a kerfuffle in the working-class town with the national media rushing in to find the would-be moms. But the claim of an actual pact among the students was refuted by the city's mayor. She said the story of the pact was made up by Sullivan to deny the request for more birth control and paint the teens as loose women who wouldn't use the contraceptives anyway. It didn't stop the controversy. The story of the pregnancy pact inspired several books and feature films. Okay, what is it that gives this story its sizzle? Is it society's disapproval of teen pregnancy? Is it our incredulity at how naive young women could be to say this is a smart life choice at 14? Why Why does this story have legs? Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting right now is like, you know, the critical race theory debate in schools is like the big predominant culture war issue currently. But 10 years ago, so much of that was about sex ed and contraception in schools. Um, you know, that doesn't play as big a role in the episode, I don't think. Um, but, you know, in terms of some of the kind of like underlying forces that I see, um, you know, it's interested, interesting to see how like even in just 10 or so years, like those kinds of debates can change so quickly. I'm pissed. Here's why. Yeah. This principle basically cast all of these young women, girls as sluts. Sure. Yeah. And the national media was like, yeah, they're sluts. Let's make it that, right? How well, fucking uh, typical is that? They want But is the story that there was a lot of girls that got pregnant yes. or is the story they all decided to do so on purpose and no, made a pact? The story, That's the thing that like makes they it They didn't make a pact. The story No, they didn't. No, no, I understand that that was bullshit. Yes. That the myth but wasn't the myth the thing that drew them in anyway? Yes. It was like, "Oh my god, they agreed to do this all together. They all went along with it." But the myth is just like the Lorena Bobbitt myth. Like she always wanted to cut off a dick. No. She never wanted to cut off a dick. Right. She was being beaten horrifically by her husband, and this was her like self-defense situation. Like, But you understand why that became a big story. I do, but that does not make it okay. No, that is... <laughs> I don't think that was the question. Henry did a better job answering it than you did, Rebecca. I'm sorry you lose that round. <laughs> well, that's how it always goes. Circle gets the square. Yes. So Marie Claire, the magazine, not the woman, uh, profiled one of the girls. Her name was Kayla Brown was 14, said she didn't like school anyway, and was looking forward to raising her child. Fuck school. She was able... Yeah. She was able to get a nursery at home because her dad agreed to, finally, move all of his NASCAR collectibles from the basement. Thanks, Dad. Those are just toy cars, though, right? So it it should still all be the same, right? (laughs) I mean... Is it like number three jerseys? Is it like, I, I don't understand. What, I mean, Dale Na- what Jr.? is NASCAR collectibles? What is that? I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> it's like dad's kind of a kid himself, I think. <laughs> so. How old was dad when he became a dad? Real question. A uh, real question. Uh, her parents were also uh, in high school. Of course they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was one of the ones that said, no, there was no pact. You know what she said? What? I learned it from watching you, Dad. I learned it from watching you, <laughs> Mom and Dad. Uh, there was a real log jam at the school because there were only seven available slots at the high school daycare center. Mm. Yikes. I guess first hatched, first matched. So I have a real question about that. Yeah. It says a lot that this... Uh, by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a high school having a daycare center. Good right. for that high school. Yeah, a lot of them That do. being said... I went to high school in the 80s slash 90s, and my high school did not have a daycare center. Like, if you got pregnant, you weren't actually allowed to go to my high school. I don't know what yours was like, Kevin. You went to Catholic school. Uh, Henry, you went to school right here in our little town. Like, 
Was there a daycare center at our local high school? I don't think any school or hardly any schools in New Hampshire have enough money to have a daycare center. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> probably true. Just trying to get uh, lunch. But here's my other question. So if you're a teenager mm-hmm. and let's say you get pregnant and you know you look at all the things that are available to you, you say, you know, I'm going to get an abortion or I'm going to put my baby for adoption or I'm just not going to tell my parents and have the baby secretly like eight months from now and just pretend I'm not pregnant. Uh, the fact that which, which is a number we don't even know. Yes. Mm. I mean, 150 tests out. We know 18 decided that they yeah, were but we don't know. going to keep their baby. Right. We don't know how many also chose to terminate the pregnancy. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. I don't think that having a high school daycare center was an incentive. I'm just glad no. it was there. I am glad it was there. That is a social safety net that should be there. Right. And yeah. I think there are people that wrongly assume that if you provide children with contraception, then they are going to have sex and they wouldn't have before that. Yeah. Which was a part of what the principal is saying here about, well, at least this is what the the mayor says about the principal is that he didn't want to start giving out birth control pills or condoms because he was afraid that they'd have even more sex. Yeah, that's such a clearly bad faith argument. I can't think of any high school student who, you know, if their high school all of a sudden had a daycare center, they'd be like, oh, great. Never a better time to have a baby. Like, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) I can have it all. You know what that's like? That's like the HPV vaccine. Right. Yeah. Which is like. You're supposed to give it to your kid when they're 10 or 11. Parents don't give it to their kid for some fucking reason. The whole thing is like they can get cancer at any point in their lives because of HPV. But like if you give it to them between 10 and 11, it will keep them from getting that particular cancer. There are some parents who believe that if an 11 year old child knows they are protected from HPV, a cancer that you can get from like certain like venereal diseases that they will immediately go buck wild and have sex with everyone. <laughs> it's like someone's going to walk into chastity club and say, wait, I have another argument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's unclear who might still be in Gloucester, but most of those children uh, will be freshmen this year. You mean the wow. babies? The babies. Mm. Well, they'll be grown up. They'll be freshmen. So high school freshmen or college freshmen? High school freshmen. So they'll find out why nothing is so irresistibly erotic as high school in a town that smells like fish. <laughs> <laughs> totally got to get it in now. It's the perfect storm. It's a perfect storm. <laughs> Where are the dunks? <laughs> so the girls may not have made a pact, but the guys at the school made their own pact that they would continue to whack it. <laughs> I, I thought that would fall funnier, but I what guess What are you I, talking about? <laughs> well, the girls were going to get pregnant. So the guys said, okay, well, we're going to... We'll do this thing. If you just explain the joke, you should just cut the joke. If I have to explain the joke, I need to cut the joke. It's time to start a virgin club, clearly. (laughs) Clearly. That's going to do it for us. We want to thank our special guest, Henry Lavoy. Henry, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, They can follow me at yaboylavoy on Instagram and Twitter. And I guess next time we'll have to have my grandma on and we'll just get everybody else in the family. (laughs) That's right. I I love our family. We should have Teddy Lavoy on, man. We have one person who's missing from this whole triumvirate. You did a great job, Henry. Uh, Rebecca, how can our listeners follow you? Twitter and Instagram. 
at Reb Lavoy. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You also can tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Chris Green. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act, fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Yoga Loft above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.